a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. There's a lot of strong opinions about uh, the removal of troops from Afghanistan, the fall of Kabul yesterday. Uh, of course, we're waiting. Uh, President Joe Biden will address the nation coming up here shortly. And we want to continue to focus on how do we divide the rage from the reason? How do we get past all of this? Uh, Representative Chris Stewart joins us live on the line. Representative, thanks for jumping on with us quick today. Good to be with you. And oh my gosh, is this not discouraging? Is it? Does it just break your heart to see what's happening in Kabul right now? Yeah, it it is. And it's uh, you, you made a statement today that I thought struck the right tone. There's been so much finger pointing and placing blame. And is it President George W. Bush's fault or President Obama's or President Trump or President Biden? Uh, and you issued a statement that I think is important for us to to think through. And that is that these things are not mutually exclusive. That one, you know, withdrawing our combat troops from Afghanistan was good policy. And two, uh, how that's organized or how the withdrawal takes place, how, when, in what manner uh, can be done in the proper way. So I want I want you to have the opportunity to, to share with us both both of those pieces of the puzzle. First, in terms of the policy of withdrawal, uh, which you you have been in support of uh, for some time. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, as a former Air Force pilot, a former member of the military, I supported our efforts in Afghanistan. Obviously, I supported our efforts in Iraq. I felt they they were critical, uh, some of the foundational piece for American security for nearly a generation. But sitting on the Intel Committee and having access to some of the information we've had, Boyd, we've known for four or five years that we had done everything we could do there. And, and it just became clear to me as I watched Taliban grow more and more uh, in, in the amount of territory they controlled and the amount of the number of people who began to support them. And I realized we weren't going to be able to fix this. And I think evidence of that is given surely in the last few days yeah. when after, as I said in my statement, after 20 years and $2 trillion, after more than 2,000 American lives lost and more than 20,000 soldiers who have been injured, and we couldn't build a fighting force that could last for more than a few days. They literally folded over their capital city in 90 hours. And after 20 years, we were left in that. I think that's evidence, again, that, yeah, we have done everything we could do there. They, at some point, have to take responsibility for their own security. But at the same time, we could have and should have been able to have an orderly and a systematic withdrawal that protected Kabul, the other uh, Providence capitals, protected our own embassy, for heaven's sake, 
and protected those individuals who have sacrificed to serve alongside Americans. And this is a catastrophe for military leadership. How in the world can this president ever listen to General Milley or to his Secretary of Defense and trust them again after this, uh, after this episode? I just don't think he can. I think they have to resign. Yeah, and it seems to me that uh, you know, looking at the uh, the withdrawal, and it just seems to be such an utter failure uh, in terms of intelligence and just processing of of information. It, it seems to me that the uh, the big challenge for the administration, and the president, is that they they don't have a, a rapid turnover in terms of what they observe, how they orient it to what's going on on the ground, making a decision, acting, and and kind of turning over that decision loop. It seems they got mired in that or became so focused on a singular point of the strategy uh, that they've missed the other things that, as as you said, Congressman, uh, are important to protecting those who worked with us, who, who stood alongside us. That's the thing that I've heard over and over uh, across the weekend was how many people were like, ah, oh, you know, I sat I was there. Uh, these people are my friends. Uh, these uh, interpreters and guides and contractors, uh, I love them. I love their families. And now uh, they have such uncertainty in their future. Yeah, well, there's one thing that's certain, and that is terror. Terror and retribution. I mean, that's that, that's nearly a certainty for them. Now, maybe we got a, you know, maybe we've got new Taliban leadership, and maybe they'll come in and not uh, seek retribution against these individuals. But I surely, I surely wouldn't start that as my position, as my starting point. Yeah. Because history shows us that that's not what the Taliban and Taliban leadership has, has shown they're, they're interested in doing. But, okay, putting that aside, I mean, you bring up a really good point, And that is, you know, the decision points and the flow of information. But here's the thing. Ultimately, the president has to decide. But he can only decide when given good and accurate information. And when your chief of staff, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, is sitting there telling you one thing, and when your Secretary of Defense is sitting there telling you one thing, and then you go out and tell the American people, like this president did, when he said just a few weeks ago that the Afghan army was well-equipped, they were prepared, they were able to defend themselves, and and we know now that none of that is true. Again, if you're the president, how do you sit with those counsel, in counsel with those individuals, and trust them again? This isn't just a blip on the radar. This is a historical failure. And I think it will define General Milley and and General Austin. I think it will define their time. Uh, I can't imagine anything that they could do that would overcome the doubt that the American people have in them right now. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we have Representative Chris Stewart on the line with us. We're standing by to hear President Biden speak to the nation about what is happening in Afghanistan. And, uh, Congressman, before I let you go, uh, talk to me for just a second in terms of uh, what should we be doing next in terms of refugees. Uh, in, we know that about 80 percent of those that have been fleeing have been women, women in leadership positions uh, and young girls. Uh, obviously, they are in uh, in higher danger there with at least historic Taliban efforts. Uh, what, what's the outlook in terms of refugees and some of those who were helpful yeah. to us? Well, uh, well, we we don't know quite yet, Boyd, and and we can pray that it's not as bad as many of us fear it will be. I think our priorities need to be this right now: first, protect American citizens in in the area in, in the nation, and particularly those who are supporting the the embassy right now, who who are probably the, with the exception of a very handful of people, the only people that are left in Afghanistan. The second is protect, as you mentioned, protects those those individuals who sacrificed and took enormous risk in order to help Americans, in order to, whether they were interpreters or guides or any of the other support people, 
And again, they have paid an enormous price. We need to protect them. And then thirdly, I think we can look more broadly towards the refugee uh, problem that may emerge from this and likely will emerge from that. But I do think that's probably a third down on our priority list. And it's going to take who knows how long before we can get to help those folks. Yeah. Congressman Christer, we appreciate you jumping on quick uh, with us today before the president speaks to the nation. We'll continue to have this conversation. And again, the important thing for all of us is to divide the rage from the reason. Uh, Let's elevate this conversation. Let's get to the the issues that matter most. And then let's uh, step it all forward together. Uh, Congressman, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Lloyd. Appreciate it. All right. Again, that's Congressman Chris Stewart uh, joining us on the line. And, And I think the congressman raised an important point. Uh, that I don't want us to lose. Uh, is there fault along the way from all the administrations going back to 2000, 2001? Of course, of course you can go through and say, here was an opportunity that was missed. Here was an opportunity that was missed. Here was a failure. Uh, and we've seen that accelerate uh, over the last couple of weeks in terms of intelligence failure, uh, in terms of what we knew and how things would play out and how swiftly the Taliban would move. Uh, all of those things uh, are critical. And so, again, I want to go back to this idea uh, that you can agree with the policy in terms of uh, removing troops from Afghanistan and uh, you can be critical of how it has been done. That's not incompatible by any stretch of the imagination. And you can be critical of both of those, by the way, uh, and also uh, be in a space where you can say, OK, this this is what's going on. or This is what we could have done or should have done. Uh, But the most important thing for us to recognize is where are we and where do we want to be next and what are we willing to do to get there? Uh, Congressman raised some interesting points in terms of staffing. We always talk about good staffing and bad staffing. And when leaders make bad decisions, often it's bad information that leads to bad decisions or groupthink settles in and bad decisions are made. Uh, We're going to hear from President Joe Biden coming up here shortly. It will be fascinating to see what his positioning is, uh, what his message is, and most important, what his vision is for what comes next in Afghanistan. We're going to take a quick commercial break as we stand by waiting for the President of the United States. Stay with us. Much more to come. We'll cover it all live here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. This is Inside Sources. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.